Welcome to Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Yes, the winning continued last week as I went 7-5-1 on this Whoa! very show. And I hit my same game parlay. I cannot believe how rich I've become and still the same cheap haircut. Well, we've got a great show today. How did this happen? Coming up, two-time Super Bowl winner and .5 of the Manning cast, Eli Manning is joining us. Yes, we're going to see if he can win over this diehard Cowboys fan. I doubt he can. Legendary sports gambling expert Billy Walters has some advice on how to bet this Super Bowl rematch between the Chiefs and Eagles. The Parlay Kid and I will break down the Week 11 matchups, and I'm going to tell you about a pool that's impossible to win. But first, let's recap that Bengals-Ravens game from last night in a segment that's been rumored to replace Bill Belichick in New England. It's Cover 4! <laughs> Couple one. All right, the Ravens won last night 34-20. They moved to 8-3 and three on the year, and I'm moving to Malibu. Yeah, we are. After cashing my Baltimore minus three and a half ticket, what a Thursday it was for the Harbaugh's. John accepted praise after the big division win over the rival Bengals. Jim accepted his suspension from the NCAA. He will not be around to coach the Ohio State game, and this makes for the most awkward Thanksgiving in Harbaugh family history. To make matters worse, Jim has also been sentenced to the kids' table, but he's going to appeal. At least that's what Carissa Thompson is reporting. Coming to. All right, I'm not sure if you listened to the BS report with myself and Bill Simmons last Sunday night, but towards the end of the podcast, I commented that it was amazing with all the injuries and as gritty as the AFC North was that they still had all four starting quarterbacks intact. And Bill replied, yeah, you're right. Wemby, 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 or something like that. Anyway, my comment didn't age well, not even to the following weekend. On Wednesday, it was announced that Brown signal caller Deshaun Watson was out for the year with a broken bone in his shoulder. And then, of course, last night, Bengals superstar QB Joe Burrow injured his wrist and all my Bengals futures along with it. All this, and yet Kenny Pickett is still somehow only the sixth best quarterback in the AFC North. All jokes aside, though, that part of the game just sucks. And as a result, I am done inadvertently jinxing players and divisions and everything related to injuries. Get healthy, fellas. Oh, and one more thing. Have you noticed how great Kanye West looks? Keep it up, Yeezy. Cover three. All right, after that tough loss and their quarterback going down, Bengals fans are probably taking it hard, but none harder than this guy. Protocol. Incredible. This guy just stands there repeatedly spiking a beer can into his scalp. It's a great gig. Bill's Mafia saw that and immediately offered to trade Josh Allen straight up for this magnificent creature. Can we see this again in slow motion? Good Lord. I'm guessing he had to use a sick day today for his corporate job at Microsoft. Bad news is, once the NFL sees this, they're going to be forced to start putting blue tents in the tailgate areas. The good news is, this Bengals beer basher is now the recipient of my midseason award for Fan of the Year. <laughs> Sorry, weird Chargers lady. The bizarre facial reactions just didn't cut it. Number four! All right, there is a song that I can't seem to get out of my head. It's driving me crazy. And you know what? It's driving you nuts, too. You just may not realize it. It goes like this. Da 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 da
Atlanta. It's the god-awful Thursday night football theme on Amazon. Now, we can't play the real version. If we do, we all get sent to football jail or something. But we did have our best sound-alike pull an all-nighter last night, and here's what they came up with. Am I the only one bothered by this? I mean, aside from the fact that it sounds like a robotic elephant being put out of its misery, it sounds so cheap. Amazon spent $11 billion on Thursday Night Football and 73 cents on this theme song. Did Jeff Bezos go over budget and just approve the first pass? He should have given his ex-wife this song and then divorced. Maybe it's something behind the scenes that we don't know about. Maybe it's uh, part of Al Michaels' deal. Al says, okay, I'll do that crap bag Chicago Carolina game, but you have to let my eight-year-old grandson and his new synthesizer produce the Thursday Night Football theme. I'm sorry, but this song arouses so much anger in me. I heard that fraternities are now blindfolding their pledges and putting them in a basement, forcing them to listen to Prime's Thursday Night Football theme on a loop until they finally break. Look, Taylor Swift, hey, if you really wanted to help the NFL, you'd step up and provide Thursday Night Football with a respectable tune. That's the least you could do for the NFL who actually made you who you are today. Sorry, Swifties. You know it's true. (laughs) All right, that does it for Cover 4 now. Time for my comedic and irrationally angry weekly attempt to make rational sense of a somewhat irrational bet. It's Wager Rager. All right, let's talk about eliminator pools. Outside of the splash zone at Circus Circus during spring break, eliminators are my least favorite pools on the planet. And yet, I still dive headfirst into them every year like I'm Thornton Mellon attempting the triple Lindy. You know how eliminator pools work. You pick a team every week. They don't have to cover the spread. They just need to win for you to advance to the following week. And once you take them, you can't pick that team again for the rest of the year. And then when you lose, you Venmo the organizer 50 bucks and pray no one gets arrested. But the reason I hate them so much is simple. I never win. I've been in eliminator pools since Terry Bradshaw was in diapers the first time. These pools are a colossal waste of time. You spend an eternity mapping out the entire season of games like you're the Marco Polo of sports betting. For what? Think about it. If you use this time to do something more productive, like sit down with Charles Schwab, this Thursday, you'd be stuffing your Thanksgiving turkey with Rolex watches and a side of Michael Jordan rookie cards. Sounds delicious, actually. A couple years ago, I came close to winning. Yeah, close. I was in an eliminator pool with a thousand people. I got down to one of 30 remaining and was really excited until I realized 30 is still a ton of people. Like if you were in a doctor's office with 30 other people, you'd be so miserable, you'd want to strangle yourself with a stethoscope. Of course, I lost the following week, and so it didn't really matter because I don't ever win these, ever. But here's the truth. Nobody wins these things. Seriously, have you ever met anyone that's won an eliminator pool? Joel, have you ever won one? Never. Mikey Meatballs, you? Never, not once. You watching, listening at home, have you ever won? I'll take that silence as a no. Think about how this works. After we get eliminated, we never follow up, and we never know the person who won because that winner is a bot. And until we ask that winner to circle the traffic lights in the picture provided, I won't believe otherwise. All right, 
That's the rager. Now here's my wager. And it comes in the form of my very own Week 11 Eliminator Pool. We're turning our attentions to FanDuel Sportsbook and picking good teams to do great things on Sunday. That's right, a good old-fashioned three-team, ten-point teaser. Very simple. No hassle, no intensive mind-numbing planning, no sweat. Dallas, San Francisco, and Miami. Pretty sure this time you'll know the winner of the Cousin Sal Week 11 Eliminator Pool because it's going to be you. Congrats, and you're welcome. Hey, we have a terrific show for you today, even though a man who's caused me a great deal of pain as a Cowboys fan is here. Eli Manning will be joining us. I'm sure he'll apologize, and it'll all be fine. But before that, my fellow Dallas fan pal, the parlay kid, Darren Sicoli, joins me in the Handicapper Hot Seat. We'll go over all the Week 11 games, and gambling great Billy Walters. He's going to join us when we return on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Stick around. It's time to pick some games. I think I was above 500 last week. Seven, five, and one. Yeah, that counts. Today in the Handicapper Hot Seat, my very good friend, co-host of Against All Odds podcast here on The Ringer and the Long Island legend, Darren the Parlay Kid is here. What's happening, Darren? Hey, thanks for having me, Sal. What's happening, pal? Listen, we've been Cowboys fans forever. Um, you know, I think I met you when I was like 14 yeah. or 15 years old. Like, you're a Cowboys fan. We're living in Long Island. I'm a Cowboys fan. Somehow, we got to Cowboys Stadium about a dozen years ago, was it? There we are. Mm. And I think there was a special. Um, if you wore the mm. same blue button-down shirt as your buddy, you got to go on the field. And so there we are. Uh, I think that's the only explanation for that. But it got better than that because I think what did we happen? We borrowed a ball from someone. How, how did we get a that's ball? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. We just uh, asked somebody for a ball. We wanted to have one pass and one catch on yeah. that field. All right. So you were the quarterback as you were in high school. I was a receiver as I was not in high school. And I run, a, I guess, a fly pattern here. And I don't know, is this uh, 60, 65 yards away? Yes, I caught it. Look at you celebrating here. Oh, boy, I love that dance at the end, Sal. Uh, Boy, oh, boy, what a throw. I think that was past the star, Sal, past the star. So, yeah, somewhere in the 60, 70-yard range. But that 12 years ago, I still had my arm left, Sal. Still at it. You throw further than Quincy Carter for sure. People said my feet were not in bounds. We didn't have a uh, we didn't have a replay challenge left, so we had a, it was called incomplete. But anyway, all right. So that's us Cowboys fans forever. Let's get into these games, Parlay Kid. We have a bunch of them. Thirteen, I believe, on the slate for mm. Sunday and Monday. Starting with the Chargers and the Packers. This one is in Green Bay. The Chargers are a three-point favorite. These games are so hard. They really are. What is there to like about either of these two teams? Packers came up short in a winnable game at Pittsburgh last week. Uh, Love did well. He had over 280 mm. yards passing. Uh, not bad. Chargers beat up two cupcakes and then fall to the Lions. You know what? I'm going to take the Packers here. Plus the three at home. Not exactly far in the frozen tundra in the mid-90s, but they are two and two at home. Herbert, two and eight. Last 10 against the spread, where the spread is three points or less. I like the idea of the Packers and Jordan Love keeping it close in a field goalish type game. 24-23, take the pack plus the points. You're going the other way, Parley I'm going the other way, Sal. Chargers have scored 95 points over the last three games. Uh, since the return of Eckler, their offense has certainly been more dynamic. Packers, Sal, one and five against the spread in their last six. They have not topped 20 points in seven straight games. I don't mm. think they can keep up offensively with the Chargers. Chargers had the third best turnover differential in the league. They'll force Love into one or two bad throws. Let's take the Chargers minus three here, Sal. 
All right. Well, listen, I cannot wait for this game to be over. That's just what it is with these two teams. Uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee. This not, this one's not great either. Jacksonville is home, laying seven points. Everyone's yeah. down on the Jags, who had won five in a row before getting thumped by the 49ers last week. I guess I'm down on them, too. We have three and six team visiting a six and three team. I'm taking the points. I'm taking the seven points. I keep waiting for Will Levis to turn the corner, but... Um, this team can't be as bad as they were, yeah. at least offensively, last week. Meanwhile, Jags not too inspiring on offense either. 23 total points over the last two games. Trevor Lawrence, 4-11-1 against the spread in the last 16 versus sub-500 teams. Seven seems to be too many points. Betting a dog in a relatively low total game. I think it's like 23-19. You don't care about this game. You care about it so little that you're making a, a, a ludicrous bet here. What is this, Parley? Can yeah, you? first drive result, a punt at <laughs> minus 120. Sal, I don't want to be glued. I don't want to have any investment in this game. Right. So let's get this over with quick. I'm rooting for a punt. That's the only thing that can happen here to get me a winner is a punt. I don't like this line. Seven is a little too high, but I don't trust the Jags offense either. Levis has come back down to earth after starting off pretty hot. Rooting for the punt on the first drive, then I can wow. turn this game off and concentrate on everything else. Al. All right. I wonder. I feel bad you're watching even that much of the game. Could you bet <laughs> touchback on the kickoff? Do they have that on FanDuel? Mm, I mean, that, that if I could have done that, right I would have done it. I know you could do that in the playoffs. All right. Uh, Miami, Las Vegas. The Dolphins are a 12-and-a-half point favorite. They're home. They're coming off a bye. Raiders coming off a win, I guess, mm. over the Jets. Uh, people are talking playoffs for them all of a mm. sudden. I'm going Dolphins over 29-and-a-half points. Team points, I know this is a lot, but I feel like they're going to flex their muscles. They're going to put up like 40, and everyone's going to talk like, oh, maybe they're one of the top two teams in the whole league, forgetting that they get pushed around the line of scrimmage when they go against more physical clubs. Raiders 19th in the league defensively. They allow 335 yards per game they gave up 30 to the bears a couple weeks ago 38 to the bills dolphins are rested so many big playmakers there yeah. waddle uh hill all rested Mostert, uh a chain back uh so so i like it patriots panthers giants chargers broncos all allowed over 30 to this dolphins team's raiders are next 41 26 i know you like that score parlor kid i like it sal dolphins off a of bye week raiders coming up two straight wins but come on who have they played 1 p.m. start here, too, Sal. That's big when these teams from the West come out east. Always a problem. Finns averaging 43 points per game at home. First in points, first in yards per game. Raiders are bottom dwellers in those categories. Raiders are 1-4 and four on the road. Sal McDaniels is going to have a few tricks up his sleeve in this game. Dolphins get back on track. We know they beat up on the mediocre of su or sub-mediocre teams. They do it again here against the Raiders. All right, now our team, Parlay Kid. We should have a breeze of a game here against Carolina. Dallas laying 10.5 points on the road. We look dominant, 49-17 against the Giants, 89-17 overall. Let's give our team an applause. This is, we yeah, should appreciate yes. a sweep of the Giants, and so so convincingly, too. It was great. C.D. Lamb, unstoppable. Jake Ferguson, even Michael Gallup on offense. But it gets a little tougher, a little bit tougher this week against Bryce Young. I'm taking Carolina plus 10 and a half. I know it seems crazy, but I just have this weird feeling after throttling the Giants, looking forward to the Thanksgiving game. This is a little bit of a sandwich game. Plus, you could see a Cooper Rush situation in the fourth quarter to save Dak for Thursday. Opens up an opportunity for a backdoor cover. Home dogs with a low winning percentage. Uh, 58% over the last 20 years when they're getting a touchdown or more. I think it's like 23-16, kind of a lazy game. I'll take our team to win, but the uh, bad guys to cover.
Yeah, I'm kind of with you with this one, Sal. I'm taking the, the Cowboys to win and the game to go over 41 and a half at plus 115. Dallas has scored 150, 115 points the last three games. They're averaging 30 points per game for the season. Dak is playing at an MVP level right now. Cowboys D, I think they get a score here. I'm going to need probably a late score backdoor type of cover uh, over uh, to go over on this one, Sal. Mm-hmm. But I like what you're saying. I think this game is going to end up about 34-13 Dallas victory. Oh. I, I get, I get, I hit it here. Let's go. All right, all right. I'll take that too. Uh, Houston home for Arizona, four and a half point favorite. 47 and a half is the over/under. Stroud with the incredible win over Cincinnati. Kyla Murray on the Arizona side back uh, pulled off the mild upset in uh over atlanta i feel like here's the thing and you know how i am with this parlay kid we have a lot of basketball friends who are like oh who's tanking in the nfl it's the same thing i don't think it happens i don't think it goes on and so you have a team that's pumped up they're hot in houston everybody's talking stroud rookie of the year this and that he will win uh if he stays healthy i think the cardinals not only not tanking but i think they're playing with a chip on their shoulder i really do we saw a pretty good version of kyla murray last week and uh, Stroud, let's face it, not every game is great for him. Um, you know, he had that Panthers game a couple of weeks ago. That was ugly. So too much buzz for the team with a chip chip right. on their shoulder. Bad combo. Right. Defenses are about the same. It's 20th versus 22nd. Yeah. Arizona, obviously not great on the road, but maybe some new energy with Kyler Murray. I'm going to take the points. Plus four and a half. You're with me. I like it here, uh, Sal. Look, is there anything more frustrating than when you're watching the Cardinals play? and you have money against them, and it's third and 18, and Murray is scrambling around in the backfield, yeah. making things, and, and he makes a big play. I have a feeling this game is going to kind of go that way. Uh, Trey McBride has really been a boost to this offense, too, a tight end for the Cardinals. And like you said, can Stroud keep this up? It's possible, but this just feels like a letdown type of game for him against the Cardinals. Not a lot of buzz going into this game. And look, this is also a, a Texans D that did give up 37 points yeah. to a very mediocre Tampa Bay offense just two weeks ago. I think Murray can keep the Arizona in this game. Let's take Arizona and the points. Give us two or three minutes on uh, Dalton Schultz. What are your thoughts? Like, no, <laughs> we did well, look, two podcasts. We had two against the odds podcast. <laughs> the Parley Kid and Harry uh, uh, over the hour and a half. I think used an hour and twenty eight minutes arguing look, over the, Dalton. The Schultz. only way the the, uh, <laughs> the cards don't cover in this game is if Schultz goes off once again. So, <laughs> All right there you go. Hey, we like Coach Ryan's for Coach of the Year at three to one, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously Dan Love Campbell. It. Is, uh, is the favorite, but if it's wins above expectation, Houston, even though we're not taking them here, uh, that's a guy, right? Absolutely. So I love uh, Coach uh, Ryan over there for the Texans, no doubt. Yep. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, this thing is jumping around. I think Cleveland is a one-point favorite now. One, one-and-a-half right in there. 32-and-a-half is the over on their payback for week two, maybe, for Cleveland, except their quarterback's out. Deshaun is out. Played a remarkable second half, especially if he had a broken mm. bone in his shoulder. Uh, I'll say something nice about him. And now it's Dorian Thompson-Robinson in 
for the Browns. Pick it in for the Steelers, which is why I'm taking the under. It's 32 and a half. It was 33 and a half. I got rooked out of a point. I'm basically betting that the terrible quarterbacks in this game don't turn the ball over. They're just minding their business. Both like three for nine for 28 yards at half. Jerome Ford, Jalen Warren play okay. They kill clock, and it's 10-7 heading into the fourth quarter. I don't think Pickett would be dumb enough to try to open up the passing game. The Browns are fifth in the league, fewest passing yards allowed through nine games since 2000, not even this year, in the last 20 years. So I'm not going to pick a winner. I get under 32 and a half for the Browns and their number one defense total in this game. You're, you're taking the Browns and now favored. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns here, Sal, right? No Watson, no problem. I'm not really so sure about that. But here's the thing. Up until last week in the second half of that game, Watson really wasn't the reason why the Browns were winning football games anyway. Uh, he mm-hmm. hadn't really done much up to this point. I think DTR, yeah, he's gotten his feet wet this year. He had 48 career college starts. Kid's a gamer. I think he makes some plays with his feet, and the Browns can rush the ball. They're the second-best rushing team in the NFL. And here's the thing about the Steelers. We talk about their defense, but you know what? Their defense is a bottom-five team in the league in yards against. Everybody thinks this is a great defense. It's actually not a great defense. They do some great things, but they do give up chunks of yards during the game. I think the Browns can win the turnover battle here in this game, and that will be the difference I think they win this one, Sal. Let's take the Cleveland Browns, and I do think they cover the very slight, slight spread. All right. Babyface Joel Salmon's holding his fist up. He's very upset. Oh, uh, see, now it's a thumbs down. He's mad. He's a big Steelers fan. Come on. Uh, come on. This this team couldn't be more boring, Joel. <laughs> he knows it. Uh, well, listen, here, here's the thing with uh, what's going on here. You mentioned how bad their defense is or, you know, how overrated I think it is. Bottom five in the league. That's what I saw, too. And their offense has not – they played 44 consecutive games without reaching 400 yards. 400 yards is a lot, but imagine 44 straight games where they ha- oh, can't get to that number. Ridiculous. Can't even, it's uh, unfathomable. Yeah. Washington, nine and a half point favorite, 36 and a half against the Giants. Boy, this is a big number. And I feel like I'm about to get trapped. I think uh, Tommy DeVito is going to beat me down with a pair of brass knuckles behind the Copa or something. But I'm going for it, Parley Kid. I'm taking Washington minus that big number, nine and a half. Uh, a little bit of a revenge after the 14-7 loss at AT&T. I'm reading into this rat line. Let's go with Sam Howell, the passing leader in the NFL, going against the 21st best pass defense. They have one and a half sacks per game, which is next to last. That's been the kryptonite for Sam Howell, getting put on his back. So if he doesn't have to worry about that as much, he could be able to open it up offensively. Giants 2-7 and seven against the spread as a dog. This is their third road game in a row. Big win for the for the uh, Commanders. Is that what we're calling them now? Yeah, Let's I say 28-13. So. I like what you're saying there, Sal. Look, it, you mentioned tanking before. It's hard to tank in the NFL. How do you tank? It's hard to not play hard in the NFL. Right. The Giants are following the perfect model because they're putting out a quarterback that probably couldn't even play in the XFL. Mm-hmm. Washington, I'm taking Washington. First half leader, end of regulation leader at minus 195. I think Washington gets off to a good start. I think they roll. And like you said, they got revenge on their mind. It's a bad loss for them a couple weeks back. And in that game, Sal, Washington was one for 15 in third down conversions. That yeah. will not happen again. They are a tough, gritty team under Ron Rivera. They've had a couple close losses against the Eagles uh, and against uh, Seahawks this past weekend. They're a gritty team. I, this is They have this circled as a win on their, on their schedule. 
Let's take Washington to lead from the start to the end of the game at minus 195. I like that. All right, Darren. Hey, we're going to take one of our timeouts. I hope this doesn't, I, I don't want to regret this, but we're going to use a timeout here. Coming up, the Parlay Kid will break down the rest of the NFL slate, including that Kelsey family reunion Monday night in Kansas City, plus betting tips from the man himself, sports gambling goat Billy Walters. That's next on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. We have Eli Manning. We have Billy Walters coming up. But right now, we're still joined by the Parlay Kid. Not to be confused with Darren, the Teaser Kid. That's someone completely different. That guy's a real jerk. Darren, Thanksgiving next week. Are you playing in the turkey bowls? We used to get together and bang each other's heads around. Or are you retired? What are you doing? Oh, yes. Yeah, so we've uh, retired at least for about a decade now. I think the last time we played... Uh, I don't think we've recovered from the soreness uh, yeah, of, of the day after. It's it's lasted, it's lingered for about a, a decade now. So yeah, we always we, we, we forget to put on pads, and uh, that <laughs> seemed to come and play. We can bet on over under broken fibulas, but uh, that's no fun. All right, what is fun? Going after the second half of the NFL slate, week eleven. Let's start it off. Detroit and Chicago. This was an eight and a half point favorite. Detroit home. Now it's down to seven and a half. It's a little suspicious, if you ask me. 47 and a half, the over under. Bears defense is abysmal. This seems to play right into the Lions game. And yet I could see something strange happening. Fields, first game back. I'm taking Chicago and the points here. Same kind of thing, same kind of analysis with Dallas. Uh, Detroit with a big win over the Chargers. This is a sandwich game. Supposed to be a walkover game before Thursday, Thanksgiving. Good spot for a backdoor cover if the Lions choose to rest, guys. Late two of the last three games between these two teams have been decided by two points or fewer. Little bit of a letdown, I'm going to say, Parley Kid. 28-24-ish, Lions win. Bears play respectable. You have a player prop here. Yeah, I'm taking Justin Fields anytime TD score at plus 195. Look, Fields might be a little rusty throwing the ball. He's his thumb injury and playing on this fast Detroit turf. I think he makes some big plays with his legs. He's only scored once this year after eight rushing touchdowns last year. I think he gets back to his ground game going, uh, gets it going this weekend. Fields at plus 195 anytime touchdown, Sal. Let's hope this hits early. I think he's going to break a big one to keep this game close for Chicago. All right, Parley Kid's already a winner. He got this in at plus 245 yesterday, but went down for our purposes. Fandles all over. They know the Parley Kid gives out a pick, and it's, uh, they're the throng. They're going to come. They're going to come, and they're going to bet true. it. So they had to adjust. All right, San Francisco, 11.5-point favorite. They're home against Tampa Bay. You know, I can't win a Baker Mayfield game. For him, against them, it doesn't matter. So I'm going to pass. Now, I'm going to take San Francisco minus the big number. Bucks, 30th in the league in team defense, which surprised me. But I stared at the stat for a while, and it is, in fact, true. 49ers seem to be healthy on both sides of the ball. Tampa Bay's covered every road game. That has got to end. Todd Bowles, seven games under 500 against the spread as an underdog. Not a good spot for him. I think this is where the 49ers roll. McCaffrey makes up for that pitiful performance last week. Could you believe he didn't score a touchdown, Parley Kid? Disgusting. Disgusting. Mm. I have more to say about that uh, in the same game parlay later on. But 27-13 yeah. final, lowest scoring, I guess. I'm going to put it under the total, but uh, 49ers win and cover. What do you like? Well, that wouldn't help me, Sal, if that was the final score of that game because I'm taking San Francisco over on the points at 27 and a half at oh. plus 102. Yes, I need it. I need Look, 49ers average 28 points per game, which is third in the league. 
But Sal, when they've been healthy, they've been nearly unstoppable. In every game that Devo Samuel has played in this year, they've scored 30-plus points. The D's going to come up with some short fields for that offense. I think Tampa rolls. And let's face it, McCaffrey didn't score last week. They're probably going to have to make up for it. He's going to score two or three alone uh, in this game. So San Francisco over. 27 and a half points. It's almost like you could read my ledger right mm. now, Parlay Kid. Uh, something mm. I want to point out, 49ers, you know, we're going to root for the Cowboys, so this is not our bag here. But they're plus 240 for uh, NFC, the conference odds. That could go in another direction if the Eagles start losing. We know the Eagles have a tough month, so take an eye on a look at that. That's only going to go uh, closer to even, I think. Buffalo and the Jets, my God, this Bills team, we saw them completely collapse Monday night. I, actually, I don't even know if it's a collapse anymore because we've seen this. Mm. We've seen them play poorly for the past month, but they're still a seven-point favorite over the Jets. The Jets are what they are. Uh, I feel like we have two teams that struggle to score 20, and I don't yeah. even know how that's possible for Buffalo, but I'm still taking them, laying the seven. Robert Sala, 0-7 on the road versus AFC East teams. That starts. Uh, the overall defense is strong, but they're yeah. 30th against the rush defense, 138 yards a game they allow the Jets. So maybe, maybe James Cook, Lat Murray, they get it going, and the Bills don't turn the freaking ball over so much. 26-16, I don't love it, but I'm going to pick it by the spread, taking Buffalo. What do you got? I feel the same way you do here, Sal, taking Buffalo in the points. Uh, no doubt. Look, the Jets are averaging 16 points per game. They convert only 25% on third down. And the Bills going to have a new play caller named Joe Brady. Joe Brady was uh, Joe Burrow's coach at LSU right. when he had that historic season. And I think there's going to be an emphasis on running the ball and protecting the football, a little bit more play action for Josh Allen, keeping things a little bit more simple. Look, the Bills have not had a good year, but their five losses are by combined 23 points. Uh, that's not that much. They've been in really every game. They could have almost won every game. They can't turn the ball over here. I think that will be the emphasis this week. And as long as they don't do that, I can't see Zach Wilson going up there and keeping this game within those seven points. Let's take the Bills minus seven. All right. And that Joe Brady, the new offensive coordinator, he yeah. better pray to God that the defense doesn't commit a horrendous pass interference at the end and have 12 men on the field during the winning <laughs> this field goal. This is true. Otherwise, he's gone. He's out of there. <laughs> Offensive coordinator, this Joe Brady. Uh, plus 176 to make the playoffs. That seems incredible right now for the Buffalo Bills. Mm. After they spank the Dolphins, you're like, sky's the limit for that team. But very, very different week to week this league. Mm. All right, Seattle and the Rams. Speaking of different week yeah. to week, this was like one of the first upsets. Well, that Bills-Jets was the first upset, I thought. Mm. Uh, except that was a night game earlier uh, that week in week one, Seattle lost to the Rams. They got they got crushed, actually, double digits. And now the Rams are getting a point at home in SoFi. I'm going to take these Rams plus one. Geno Smith, 0-3 against the spread, lifetime against the Rams. Pete Carroll, 1-5 in his last six against the spread versus NFC West. Um, I think that last game took a lot uh, against the Commanders, took a lot out of Seattle. Yeah. They do dumb things. I feel like the penalties all over the place. Metcalf's good for a dumb uh, personal foul late. I don't know. They're very erratic with how they get Kenneth Walker the ball, or sometimes they don't. Yes. Rams could come out big after a bye. Nakua, cup, big game here. I think 2016, and the Rams win this. You agree with me? I agree with you here, Sal. Um, look, the Rams have been more than competitive when Stafford has been uh, in the lineup. 
that even surprises us, at least from the beginning of the year. We had the Rams uh, probably in, uh, as a seller dweller. Uh, mm-hmm. But when he's played, they've been competitive. And I think, you know what, they needed this bye week to be able to work Nakua and Cup in together, right? They kind of had to throw that together for a while. But I think with this dynamic duo, they're going to be very tough. And here's the thing with Seattle, right? We know they're six and three. I just don't think they're a very good six and three team, even though I have them at the beginning of the season to win that NFC West. Mm -hmm. But they're a bottom three team in converting on third downs on offense, and they are bottom three in getting off the field on third downs on defense. That is a formula that is eventually going to catch up to you, especially in a game like this. The Rams are 6-0 and against the spread in their last six against the Seahawks. Let's mm. take the Rams. All right. I like it. You know, I'm all over the place, too. I thought the Rams were going to be the very worst team. I'm right. like, oh, this team, forget it. They're tanking. They want the Southern mm. Cal kid. Uh, that's what's going on. Even though I don't believe in tanking, I already said that. But I was proven foolish, and I still think Seattle makes the playoffs, but I'm taking the Rams to win this game. All right, Denver, home for Minnesota. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite, 42-and-a-half is the over-under. This is a night game. I'm proud of this game, Parlor Kid. This game battled back to a place of relevancy, right? I feel like, what was Minnesota doing? Instead of winning one-score games, they were losing every one-score game in the beginning of the year. Kirk Cousins couldn't get it done. Cousins is gone now due to injury. That's sad. Dobbs has taken over. What did the Broncos do? They had given up 70 points in a game. It looked like their defense was a joke. It looked like uh, Coach Payton was going to quit mid-season. Now these teams are okay now. They're rolling, and it's a night game, and it should be. I'm taking the under 42 and a half, 43 and a half now. <laughs> All that said, Denver has allowed 17 points per game over the last four. I talked about Sean Pate, my uh, coach of the year pick. Not dead yet, that, uh, that bet. He was patient with this defense. They weren't sellers. Lots of calls for Patrick Sertan. I love the Dobbs story, but uh, seems to be meshing with that offense. But this is a top 10 defense they're playing over the last five weeks. Broncos' home games have been an underfest. 14 and 8 the last three years. Russ, short passes, dump. He might be the best at that, actually, Parley Kid. Little, mm. little dump over the defensive line yep. to the running back. Might be actually the best. Over the middle, you may want to go with an adjusted under here, too. 19 13, I'm taking under. You like Denver? I do, Sal, but by the way, that Peyton bet's dead. You might as well bury that. What? That's it? Yeah, oh. yeah, it's dead. Yeah, you don't have to worry Eight about that. Eight in a row? No, all right. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, who thought a month ago, like you said, that this game would be uh, the least bit intriguing, but it actually is, uh, thanks to Dobbs coming over here, working some magic. But Denver's D has looked much, so much better recently, like the way we thought it would look. And look, the word is Justin Jefferson could be returning mm-hmm. for the Vikings. Will that help? In a way, I feel like it could hurt the chemistry here for the Vikings in just this one game until he can work his way back into like that rotation and obviously demanding the ball about 10 to 12 times a game. And look, when Denver is good, this is as tough of a place to play as there is. And they're good right now. They're pretty solid. I'm taking Denver. Minus the two and a half. All right. I'm looking forward to this game. I don't know why. Sunday night uh, matchup. Yeah. Now, Monday night, this is the best we've had in a while. Kansas City, two and a half point favorite home against Philadelphia. 45 and a half is the over-under. Obviously, a Super Bowl rematch. You have Kelsey versus Kelsey. Does Taylor Swift have a sister for Jason Kelsey? She needs to get one. She doesn't? All right. I don't like that. That is, that's not good planning on her family's part. Uh, I, I think they should flex this to even later uh, night start, really. 
start this one at midnight. It's that good. I'm going to go Kansas City minus two and a half points there. Here's the thing. Mahomes thrives against good defense, especially defenses that pressure. And the Eagles are a top four pressure rate team. Mahomes 12 and two against those teams, both coming off the bye, but Mahomes 14 and two off extended rest. Uh, if that team can cut down on the drops, I think they're going to be they're going to win a very close, highly contested game. Maybe the Eagles are better, and I'm just hoping for this result because we're Cowboys fans. But I have 28-23, great game, last score wins kind of thing, Parlay Kid. What do you got? Well, I'm going against you here, so I'm taking oh. the Eagles on the money line at plus 120. Look, they've had this game circled on the calendar since the schedule came out. I just think the Eagles are a more balanced offensive team. They run the ball. They throw the ball with the best of every team in the league. They convert third downs at a 50% clip, which is unheard of in the NFL. Well, thanks to their, their amazing short game. I look her I think, away. I don't, I don't watch that when that play. I know you hate happen. that. And I, I do too, but it's such a factor, right? It's such a yeah. factor. Third and three, they're almost guaranteed that they're going to be getting first downs. They yeah. extend drives like nobody else. I do believe this game is going to be a nail biter. But I think this time it goes in the Eagles' favor. Unfortunately, I think for us Cowboys fans, Eagles win this one outright, Sal, in KC. Yeah, that'll suck. You could probably forget about the division for us if that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, Hurts will pass Mahomes in the MVP race if the Eagles mm-hmm. pull off the upset, at least odds-wise. Right now it's plus 240 to plus 270, but that'll shift if Hurts has a better game. All right, good. Hey, Parlay Kid, we're done. You did great. I'd be shocked, actually, if you didn't win them all. You could follow... Darren on X at the Parlay Kid One or see him at Models on Hempstead Turnpike on Black Friday loading up on jock straps. That's his thing. What can you say? Darren, thanks for being here. And uh, when we return, we've got two time Super Bowl MVP Eli Manning joining us. But as we head to break, you heard what Darren and I had to say about that Chiefs Eagle game. Now, here's what legendary gambler and best selling author, here's his book, Billy Walters, has to say in our first installment of Billy's Betting Academy. most important thing here in this game, if I'm betting on Kansas City and I like Kansas City, I'm going to lay this two and a half as fast as I can possibly lay it. Okay, because I think there's a pretty good chance this game could go to three. I mean, the game could go to two or go to one and a half, but you haven't really lost much from a percentage standpoint. But if this game goes to three and you got to lay three on Kansas City, you've lost, a, you know, it's a completely different bet. It may not even be a bet for me. Uh, because uh, the three is so valuable. If I'm going to bet on Philadelphia in this game, I wouldn't even think now about betting on Philadelphia today and taking two and a half. wouldn't even remotely think about it. That, that wouldn't be something smart to do from a percentage standpoint. You may have to lay $1.15, you may have to lay $1.20, but that's much better than taking two and a half. If you like Philly, wait till you see the whites of their eyes or you see three or don't bet. Sal's winning weekend. I don't think we should waste any time here. Let's bring in our guest. I I hate to say it, but he's a two-time Super Bowl winner, a two-time Super Bowl MVP, and the official owner of the New England Patriots. Don't let the cutaways of Robert Kraft in the luxury box fool you. Eli Manning, thanks for coming on Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Oh, thanks a lot. Glad to be on. 
You know, I make the Patriots joke, but I wish it was only the Patriots, but I'm a huge Cowboys fan. And I feel like you owe me thousands of dollars for therapy sessions. I mean, no athlete has handed my team more devastating losses. And I just want to say I hate you. And then it was great to catch up. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Anytime. Happy to, happy to be on. Happy to, uh, yeah, we can, we can, we can dissect all, you know, a couple of those Cowboys games, you know, 11, the playoff game or the game uh, get into the playoffs, uh, game two weeks before that in Dallas down, down 13 with five minutes to go. We can dissect all those if you want. I know. I, I really don't want to. I was thinking, I think my worst is the the playoff 2007, 21, 17. You hit Toomer on the 52 yard touchdown after we smoked you. And I'm going to say we in the regular season, that was the worst for me. That was probably the most exciting for you though. Right? Yeah. I mean, obviously 2007, uh, you know, pl- playoff game. We, we played them twice in, in the, in the regular season, lost both games, but you know, meet them in the playoffs. Yeah, hit a little, hit a little curl route to Tumor. Just some, hey, let's let's try to go get eight or ten yards on a little completion. He turns it up the sideline, scores a touchdown. We score again for half to Tumor again, and and our defense has played outstanding. That that team was really good offensively. They were really good scoring a bunch, and then defensively, uh, they were you know one of the best defense. And and you know they were that was a that was a tough squad. That was that was obviously a big win for us, and and led us on to a, a Super Bowl win. You don't have to say that team. You could say you guys. Like like I said, you could say to me, you guys. You guys, you guys, you guys were Thank a good you. team. It was, it Thank was, you. I appreciate it. Was good it. to beat you. It was good to beat you. <laughs> I actually, the closest I got to the team is I was actually there opening night 2009 at Jerry World. Another mm-hmm. disaster, 33-31. And to make it worse, you famously autographed the wall in the uh, in the stadium. I guess it was in the locker room, right? And you you defaced private property, basically, right? I was I was asked. I think I, I think the story's kind of getting blown out of context a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, every, so every locker room has a locker room attendant, a visiting room locker room attendant, and I used I got to know these guys afterwards. I go, they have their own little office. You go through a door, of their office. In there, you know, I don't know if they can do it anymore, but they might have, you know, a six pack, 12 pack of cold beverage uh, that I might want to, you know, take home with me afterwards or give to a few of the teammates for the for the bus. And I'd go in there, they'd have that. I'd sign some autographs, give them a little tip. And so this guy said, hey, starting a new tradition here, you know, people come in. I want, you know, get everybody, players to start signing the wall in his office. And I said, great, I've done it. Philadelphia has, you know, places. Cincinnati has places where you sign it. It's a tradition. Some of these older stadiums all for it. So I signed it. Of course, I was the first one because it was the first game. I had to write the score and the first win in the new stadium. And, hey, I went back the next year. There was 15, 20 other people on it. But, like, my name is the only name that's ever been shown. No one's, I think they've now painted over it. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, it's not like All I just right. in the middle of the locker room and just signed it where everybody could see it, you know, uh, come yeah. in for future games. All right. I've, yeah, I've heard your side of it. I still think it's a felony and you should be doing the Manning cast from federal prison, but it's fine. You got away with it. Uh, let's quickly talk about, um, your former team, the giants this season has had to be tough to watch. I'm not looking for clickbait here. I could ask you, do you think you could start for the Giants right now? But I'm not going to put you on the spot. You're retired. But could, let's say, Chad Powers start for the Giants right now? I think Chad could get in there, throw a few slants, and and get a few completions. But, like, as soon as Micah Parsons hits him one time, then, like, he's out. Like, he's done. That's like, it. He might not be injured, but he's, you know, mentally – 
uh, just sort of check out and be like, yeah, I don't, after three years of not getting hit, I don't want to get hit anymore. So can we, I, I would just check to the draw to shake a uh, Saquon. They're going blitz zero. I'm like, yeah, you get hit. I'm, I'm not getting hit anymore. Right. You don't want to uh, knock the pretty makeup off of them and all the prosthetics for sure. Oh, yeah, exactly. um, I love the Manning cast. You and Peyton do a great job. Who puts in more prep work out of the two of you? I think I put in more prep work just because mm-hmm. um, I have to listen to his 45 minute voice memos that he leaves me <laughs> on his preparation that he put in uh, for the team. And so it's just, it's a long, it's like a lot to sit there and listen to him. And it's a lot of ums and ahs and you knows and deciphering through that. It's just, it's, it's straining. So I think the, the, the mental strain of of dealing with him and, and some of his ideas that he has that I have to kind of cut through like, Hey, terrible idea. Good idea. It's, it's more taxing on me. I understand that. You know, my cousin Jimmy was on your show uh, on the Manning cast a few weeks ago and he asked you and Peyton, which one of you is an odd question, but which one of you loves the other more? And I feel like without having heard the question, you had been waiting to answer that question for years. You jumped right up. I, it's honestly one of my favorite questions I've, I've ever been asked. And it's such a <laughs> it's unique ridiculous. question. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a brilliant question and one I've never thought about more, but um yeah, I mean, I think I, I think he's just he's abused me. I've been I've yeah. been abused as a little brother, and like he 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 doesn't think about it that way. He doesn't know he doesn't see the bruises and the permanent damage he's done to um, from throwing footballs when he's sixteen and I'm ten or eleven years old, and he can he's like a grown man and is throwing footballs extremely hard at me, and I'm trying to catch it, and I want to impress my older brother and just, you know, the bruising it's, it's, they're still there. Yeah. I believe it. Do you blame your father a little Archie for not grounding him for six or seven years? Might've put him back a little bit career wise. No, it's just like he, I think he was filming it. It's like, Hey, you know, I get the arm <laughs> on tape. That's where I learned the saying, get the arm on tape. We're filming it. Eli, come on, stand in there, catch it. <laughs> you know, we can't have you, you know, him throwing incompletions on tape. They gotta be completions. You gotta catch it. Right. I love the fact that you're a prankster too. I have a couple hundred hidden camera bits on Jimmy Kimmel live under my belt. Have you ever thought about pranking Peyton during the Manning cast? Maybe I've thought of it. I've thought of it. Um, you know, no, it, it's hard since his production company is the one producing it. Like I try uh, to go through them, go behind the scene. I can't get behind the scenes. I don't know who like my secret person is there that can kind of like work for me even and, and get them you know, kind of undercover that they can help me on the action. I've, I've suggested ideas. I just can't, I can't get in. I can't break through the wall. All right. Tell us what you have going on with Quaker. Yeah. Uh, happy to kick off the first ever Quaker pre-grain tour. So that's about, you know, starting your pre-game uh, routine with some, some Quaker Oaks. And so this is a tailgate. They'll be visiting NFL stadiums and introducing their new digital Quaker playbook, which is, 32 recipes representing all the NFL teams. And that tour ends at the Super Bowl. Taste of the NFL. They'll be announcing a $250,000 donation to Quaker's longtime partner, Gen Youth, which is a nonprofit organization helping uh, kids in their wellness and you know living a healthy lifestyle. So uh, great to partner with uh, with Quaker and Quaker Oats and and 
uh, it's a I, I eat oatmeal every single morning. And so to, to you know team up with a company that you believe in, you use and share the same values with is is really special. I like that oatmeal from a quarterback. It's not all ginger root smoothies or uh, mayonnaise and coffee. Back to the good old days. You did it right. All right. That that sounds like a nice program. And, uh, you know, I'm all for responsible eating. You can tell by looking at me. Thanks, uh, Eli. I appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good one. All right. We'll be right back to wrap things up on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. What a show that was. So much. Too much, really. And yet, here's some more. A same-game parlay. I won last week. Let's do it all again. 49ers adjusted to minus 2.5 over the Bucks. Easy. McCaffrey to score two or more touchdowns makes up for slacking last week. George Kittle, 24 or more receiving yards. Guy could do that in his sleep. You'll get a nice payout there at FanDuel Sportsbook. I want to thank Eli Manning, who turned out to be not such a terrible guy after all. I want to thank Darren, the parlay kid, Sicoli, and Billy Walters for their collective gambling wisdom. And that's going to do it for another episode of Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. I'm Sal reminding you that even though you may feel like underdogs, please know that you're all my favorites. Happy handicapping! 